right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm absolutely thrilled that you are here. I've noticed some uh, good friends down there in the audience. Sherry, Stefan, welcome to the program. Uh, what we are going to talk about today, I've, I've been in some interesting conversations over the last week or so about social audio, what it is, and especially as a podcaster, what does it, how does it relate to podcasting? And my concern as a podcaster is always getting the show out there. So I'm going to kind of briefly go over that. Very much interested in anyone's in- input as, as, as I, uh, give my presentation here if you want to add some things afterwards. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but this has been an interesting um, week and I'm going to, I'm going to explain why. First of all, as, as, as we're going into the show tonight and we are live on Fireside and I'm going to talk about what Fireside is just briefly here in a little bit, but As the history of, let's say, promoting podcasting has evolved, for me anyway, um, one of the things that I did after the podcast was up and running, and this was any number of years ago, let's say five, six, seven years ago, um, the show was pretty pretty solid after the first couple of years and, and, and remained so, but naturally you're always trying to find ways to expand an audience. And for me anyway, that... That way to do that was very much around Twitter. And for me anyway, and this is all from my experience, this is how I've experienced things and I'm, I'm absolutely open to what anybody else has, has done. Twitter has always worked for podcasting. I kind of believe that Twitter is built for podcasting in a lot of ways. For one, it is very trending. Okay. Anything that's happening in the world is happening on Twitter and it's happening in real time. You don't get that with LinkedIn. I mean, nothing against LinkedIn, nothing against the people on there. I'm on there, but there are days, if not weeks behind anything that's going on. Okay. And you're just not going to hop on that content, active, rich environment on LinkedIn. It's not for that. I mean, LinkedIn has its place, but that isn't it. (laughs) Um, And of course, very topical. And this includes all kinds of things. As a podcaster, I talk to authors a lot. I talk to people who have causes. I, I talk to people who have, you know, been through some sort of a traumatic journey. And all of these things, what I really liked about Twitter and what I still like about Twitter as a podcaster is those people are already there. You don't have to bring them from somewhere else. They are there. So it's just a matter of tapping into that audience base with your content. So Twitter has always been something that has worked. Now, obviously, it's going through some changes. It's going to be about another six months before I'm really going to call. Is is Twitter getting better or is it not? I believe it has the potential to do great things under under this new management, but it's right now it's just too early to tell. Facebook for me has been good for local content. When I interview somebody here locally, a local business or whatever, and I usually try to do my local interviews with content that fits a national or worldwide audience. For example, 
some people that own a local record store here in Ohio. I interviewed them in their shop. It had the local feel and I put the video cast of that here locally on Facebook. I boosted it here in the local towns and that worked very well. And we also talked about the wider issues of why vinyl is coming back, uh, why audiophiles like it, how the record industry is starting to pay attention to vinyl again. And these are all things that music enthusiasts have all over the country. So Facebook has been good for boosting local content. But to make a general statement for me that Facebook is on par with Twitter as far as getting involved with local, uh, getting involved with international stories, national stories immediately. No, I don't believe it's that. Here again, uh, Facebook, depending on who you follow and how you, you, you know, you work within, um, you're managing your content. I don't know that it's as real time as Twitter is. A good example I always use when there's a presidential debate or something like that going on. You know, it used to be back in my day, you would listen to the the radio in the morning and people would call in and it was the next day. Uh, now, real time. Now, it's not scientific, but you can get real time reactions following the various hashtags. And I just don't feel that you can do that on Facebook. So it's it's not that active of a thing. It has its place. But for me, uh, Facebook just hasn't been one of those things that has blown me away. Now, I'm sure there's people out there who've had great success with it. I'm not much for managing all those groups and uh, all those things. That's just, that's that's not where I have gone with my time in social media. Instagram, for me, I am on Instagram. Uh, it's kind of a thing that I maintain. I don't go out of my way to to do much with Instagram. It's it's for me anyway. That that whole Facebook and now Meta, that whole environment for me is is it's kind of there. It has never been something that has really grabbed me. Like I I've got to do this. Facebook did a thing where if you had a uh, a podcast and you had a page for your podcast here about a year or two ago, maybe a year ago. They had a thing where you could have a playlist in your in your in your Facebook account. And that was great. I actually got uh, responses from that and they took it away. <laughs> so that that's where, where uh, uh, Facebook has been uh, for me. Quite frankly, uh, getting back to those conversations I had here this week, TikTok is something that I need to be putting a greater focus on. I believe that video is has always been obviously um, a great part of digital media. There's absolutely no question about that. However, I feel that it is going to get bigger. Everything that I've been researching uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the industry marketplace is that quick, uh, short form video is going to be very, continue to be very, very large. Obviously, Instagram is chasing that with Reels. Uh, YouTube is chasing it. And quite frankly, you really can't ignore it. With YouTube, I have put the audio of of my audio only podcast on on YouTube, and the ones that I have done video casts for, I have uh, put the video on. I have never uh, uh, that's what I'm looking for leaned on YouTube to be a primary vehicle to promote the podcast. However, there's no doubt that in terms of searchability. YouTube is essentially the second largest search engine that's out there. So when people are looking for content, they often will look for it on YouTube. 
And with me anyway, I deal with so many authors and uh, they have marketing people, they have publicists, they have publishers who want them to be seen. Now, my audience is with the podcast is primarily audio. Okay, I have a really strong presence on most of the major uh, Apple podcasts, Spotify and all those. I don't really have a video audience per se. However, can't ignore video because a lot of my clients want to have the video that they can embed in their website or they want to, um, uh, you know, uh, tweet out uh, the, the podcast so that their fans, their readers can have a chance to see them in a professional environment. So I'm real careful to make sure that the, the video casts have good audio, they have good lighting, and I try to prep the guests to make sure that whatever they're working with, I don't expect them to run out and buy anything, but whatever they're working with, that uh, they get the greatest uh, impact from whatever equipment they have. I, I prefer a, at least a headset with a microphone. Uh, sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. I really don't like people to talk into an open-faced uh, computer, uh, but there's times when that's what people are going to do. Now, the, the pandemic uh, kind of changed a lot of things. With what happened with podcasting across the board, it happened with my audience, was that my audience would listen to podcasts primarily as part of their routine. So when they were commuting, they would listen to the podcast. Lunchtime, uh, listen to the podcast. In the afternoon when they were on the treadmill, listen to the podcast. And what the pandemic did, it, it, it seems counterintuitive, uh, but people originally thought, well, people are going to have all kinds of time on their hands. They're going to be home. They're going to be consuming more content than ever. And I'm, I'm sure that happened in some cases. This isn't a flat statement for all content. However, with me and podcasting and, and the people that I work with that, uh, you know, in my production group and other people, it seemed like there were, there were fluctuations happening that didn't happen before because people's routine was disrupted. They didn't drive to work. They didn't go through the drive-thru and get their coffee. They didn't do all the normal things that they, they did that kind of went hand in hand with checking out a podcast. So what happened is, is uh, for a few months there, I would say overall the listens remained about the same, but they really got juggled around. They got juggled around where I used to have steep, steep spikes at different times of the day. Uh, it was becoming more flatline. And while this was going on, the rise of social audio came into prominence. And uh, social audio has been around for a long time, but it really exploded when the pandemic was happening. And uh, Clubhouse is probably the one that kind of really blossomed. When, when that was going on, I tried Clubhouse during that time period and it didn't, it, technically it works very well. And I, I would, I would have to say that you have to have Clubhouse. If, if you're trying out social audio, you got to keep Clubhouse in that mix uh, because technically it works very well. And I believe it is a very solid form uh, format uh, medium, so forth. However, for some reason, I just didn't gravitate to it. You know, it's just like any other relationship. Sometimes the person that you're with is a good person. You're a good person. And just like the song says, uh, it just didn't work out. 
you know, I'm just me and you're just you. <laughs> it's time to go our own way. A clubhouse for whatever just didn't, uh, just didn't uh, get me excited. Twitter spaces, however, did. Um, and I, I was really excited when Twitter spaces started to uh, take off. And yes, I agree. I, I still like Twitter spaces. Um, and here again, for all the reasons that I spoke of, I have a following that's already there. I don't have to carry them over somewhere else. And all the topics that I talk about are already active in terms of people sharing content. So it seemed like a natural fit. However, I got to tell you here lately, um, and we're going to talk about this a little more when I talk about social audio versus a production tool. Twitter spaces lately for me has been kind of glitchy. And a couple of the spaces that I've been in as a listener, you know, Sally says, uh, Sal, uh, Tom, I can't hear you. Can you, can you hear me? And Tom's like, well, I, I can hear you, but I can't hear George. And that's just, you know, it's, and then people get, uh, they call it rugged, you know. Um, and I tried to space here this last week. Um, we did a space about some of the people that we lost during 2022. And I had uh, hopes that, you know, we could have a, a conversation about what these celebrities, not that, not that they, you know, a celebrity dying isn't the same as someone in your own family. However, when you follow somebody uh, for many, many years and um, they present, they, they represent a, a time in your life. They represent an era like, like Michael Jackson or Prince or in my case, I, I was always a big uh, Van Halen fan only because Eddie was such a great guitarist and I just loved hearing him do those things. And we're in a time now where they're gone, you know, they're just gone. And, and it really raises these people that were larger than life. It really raises the aspect of your own mortality. So I, I felt that I had a good angle. I was really excited about this space and it was a headache. It, it was a headache. It was glitchy. And ultimately it, the whole thing got blown out at the end. Twitter spaces for me also, um, even though there's, there's some very lively, uh, an audience that's already very, very much active and very much there. I was never blown away by the audio quality of it, even when it worked well. Now I don't expect it to sound like a production tool. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more, but, um, even as an end user type thing, it wasn't that hot. And, uh, when it's not even reliable, um, then, you know, I'm, I'm going to say to myself, should I have put that effort into a wisdom or something else? And LinkedIn audio events, I believe, um, have great potential to go here, here again. My only concern with LinkedIn is such a lackluster, lackluster, uh, user base, <laughs> really, <laughs> you know, some of them are amazed you can do video on there, you know, um, wisdom. I really like, technically, I like the wisdom app. It, the sound quality is very good. The downloads are very good. However, I really don't like the fact that you as, as a host can only talk to one person at a time. If you uh, want to bring in a second person and get their opinion, the person you're talking to has to drop off. And then you have to go through this whole thing, keep track of them, make sure they're still in, in, the, in the wisdom talk and then bring them back up later. And I, that's too cumbersome. Um, that's, I, I don't particularly care for that. And we agree on that. Good, good, good. Um, Fireside. Um, Fireside so far, I got to say, has some great potential. 
And the thing with Twitter Spaces, I almost feel that Twitter Spaces, it's unfair to criticize Twitter Spaces as something that a podcaster would use because it really is designed to be an end user uh, platform where people are just going to hold their phones and talk into it. It's not designed to be a production tool. Wisdom has some more attributes of a production tool. But here again, I don't like the way it's structured. With Fireside, I kind of feel that you have the best of both worlds, okay? With Fireside, you have the potential to build communities, okay? And you have the potential uh, to interact with a lot of people. But it also, so far, has been very good technically. I really like the fact that you have separate downloads. You can use it as a streaming tool, uh, whether it be to YouTube or what have you, which is fantastic. And these are a lot of features, by the way, that you normally have to pay for with some um, uh, production services that are out there. Now, how long Fireside is going to be free, I don't know. Um, but I would very much con- consider paying for Fireside with the way that it is, some nominal amount uh, you know, every month. Uh, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. And uh, I, I really like the fact that people that come to Fireside are in tune to this type of content to begin with, whether it be audio content, you know, sharing video and all that is optional. Uh, but people want to hear, uh, you know, this type of content where people don't know the, the, the downside to Twitter is that even though there's a lot of people there, they're not necessarily there for audio content. OK, with Twitter spaces, with Fireside, whether it be uh, accompanied by video or not, people are here for this type of, of content. So I really like that social audio versus a production tool. This is where I really like Fireside. Uh, social audio is strictly that. It is social. It is meant to be something that is going to facilitate conversations, facilitate community building. All of these things are very good. And I would probably have to say for me, moving forward with Twitter spaces, that is where I am going to stay with Twitter spaces. I'm probably going to be co-hosting. I get asked every once in a while. There's a half a dozen or so people that ask me to co-host. And that's fine. Uh, There's a lot of people on there who are from the podcasting world, from the author world. I've met some fantastic uh, people as a community builder. I think that's where Twitter spaces, for me anyway, is going to stay for a while. With being a production tool, after my experience last week, um, you know, here again, I didn't expect it to sound like a like like a radio station studio. Uh, But when it's not even stable enough to use, for me to put a lot of effort, it took me a while to promote that space. You know, I got people to to come in. I talked to them beforehand. And I'm really looking for something, too, with social audio. A lot of the guests, I had a uh, humorist who's going to be on the podcast next week, the regular podcast on on Apple Podcasts and so on. He's a humor writer uh, and a very successful one. And he's witty. You know, you got to stay on top when you're interviewing him because he's going to make little jokes and stuff that can slip past you. And it would be great to have him in a social audio environment. But quite frankly, I'd be nervous right now about bringing him into Twitter spaces because I don't want the, the thing to crumble apart. And then I would be embarrassed. He'd be like, why did you even bring me here? You know, as an established writer, I, I and he considers me a professional. I don't want to bring him into some thing that's just fallen apart left and right. 
I like the idea of bringing him to Fireside. I don't know here again how vibrant that is going to be for what he is doing. I would really have to promote it in advance. Um, but um, I like the fact that Fireside is stable as a production tool. And at least it has an element of a live audience and an interactive audience. The only thing I will say about, um, ah, hey, we have some agreement on that. Awesome. Um the only thing that I would say about a social audio versus a production t- tool is where, where where do you want to go? What type of, of audio is going to be good? What kind of content is going to be good for social audio versus a production environment? You know, this is kind of the kind of thing like a talk today. Perfect uh, topic for having an interactive sp- space where people can just be relaxed, talk about things. I presume for people that want to tackle politics and all these other things, you know, that's great. You have this interactive environment. Hopefully you can contain the conversation. (laughs) But um, those types of things, uh, you know, very good for having an interactive environment. A humor writer would be a great person to bring into this type of environment where you can have people ask questions about how to write humor, how do you get ideas and all these other things. He would be great with that type of a type of a show. Now, on the other hand, there are times when I talk to people who have been through some sort of a traumatic event or they're sharing something about themselves that's very personal. And for me, as as an audio content creator going back years and years and years, I, pre, I prefer to have that in a more closed, controlled environment. You really have to, it's kind of like You know, when you hear those shows about the movie being made and the director says, I want quiet on this set. Nobody make a sound. I want quiet on the set. And that's kind of what you have to have for someone who's telling a sensitive story. And for me anyway, even if you're doing a commentary that is very heartfelt or you want it to have an impact on the audience, I feel that kind of content is an art form. You're using the spoken word to tell a story as a narrator. And I'm not saying that every podcast has to unlock secrets of the universe. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I am saying that as an audio creator, I am aware of that side of creation. And I really like the idea of creating something that is going to have an impact on a listener. You know, I take a lot of time to plan those shows, to plan the way the mics are set up, the way the person is going to feel comfortable in that environment. And here again, I'm not interested in interaction per se. It would be kind of like, you know, the Titanic movie. If if we had audience participation in that, where there were little buttons on the back of the seat where you could choose how the movie was going to end, everybody would have chosen that Jack lives, right? Well, it technically the whole impact of the movie, (laughs) okay? So as, as a creator, you have to have that controlled environment. And not every podcast needs that. But that's not something that I feel that I'm going to be giving up anytime soon. And most of the people that have been doing podcasting or professional audio for a long time are going to retain what what that is. And I just don't feel that every piece of content, every subject lends itself to a lot of interaction and a lot of manipulation by a committee, so to speak, inside a large room. So for me anyway, there's always also always going to be the social audio aspect of things versus the production environment. And for most cases, I'm going to lean toward the production environment. 
However, there are times here again, getting back to my, to my humor writer, author friend, I want to be able to use something that is reliable. And right now I just don't feel comfortable bringing him to Twitter spaces in terms of something, Hey, this is going to be great for you. This is something you can retweet. This is going to be something. uh, No, I don't have confidence in it right now. I do have confidence in fireside. I I feel that technically this is a, this is a good thing. So, um, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I don't feel I'll wrap this up by saying this. And if you want to come forward by all means, um, my final point on this would be for me anyway, social audio and these types of platforms are not going to replace what I am doing with the podcast. Okay. Is it going to have an impact? Certainly. There are going to be in times when like this podcast here, I might very well repurpose this and and put it on the, on the regular podcast. Uh, There's nothing wrong with doing that. And if I would bring my, one of my author friends on here to, to, to do a a little program about writing or what kind of uh, books uh, they like to write and what kind of books they like to read, that's content that I believe everybody could enjoy. And if it goes well, naturally I could repurpose that into a podcast, but to use this as the primary way that I am going to be producing for me, no. It's going to be a good way to accent the podcast. It's going to be a good way to promote the podcast. And in some cases, I know some of the things will be repurposed and put into a podcast. But to say from now on, all I'm going to do is do these shows on social audio. And uh, no, I'm just, that's not what it's going to be for me. To me, for me, it's a good accent. Some of my podcasting buddies have completely, you know, flipped. They have completely gone to social audio as their primary way to do programs. And that's fine for them. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me anyway, um, it's not going to be that. Um, Sonia, uh, welcome to the program. Um, what is your opinion about all this? Oh, I love what you said, Billy. I really appreciate all of the, you know, unique, like social media is unique to that space, right? Right. You know? And uh, yeah, like I love the way you kind of go over what's the need, right? Mm-hmm. And in this case, your guess and the instability of the Twitter. And uh, so, you know, considering the options for the alternatives, right? That's exactly right. It's, it's really what kind of audio, uh, what kind of content do you want to create? That's what you have to decide first, in my opinion. Yeah. What kind of content do you like? Me, I I tend to explore the variety because I am not fixed. We have so many options. Why not? Right. Exactly right. And that's kind. Of, that's almost kind of one of the problems right now. Is there's so many? I mean, I mentioned a few. There's obviously Clubhouse, Twitter Spaces, LinkedIn Audio Events, Wisdom. And Spotify tried some things from, from what I know, they've already kind of abandoned that, but there's been a lot of them. And in discord is another one. I got a lot of friends who are really uh, focusing on discord. I have tried it to me. I, I discord has actually been around a very long time and I associate that with gaming and other things. And I believe here again, technically it is very sound. What I don't like, for, for to bring my audience into that is they have to navigate all these servers 
and all these other things. And it's, uh, I, I don't want them going through a maze <laughs> to find my show. Um, do you have a preference right now as far as social audio goes? I choose. I chose every, every like I included the Discord. I haven't been to Twitch or any of, well, I've been, but I, I'm not used to it at all. I mm-hmm. mean, like, it's it kind of like it's hard to pick one, right? Because mm-hmm. you have to pick almost now at least three, right, um, to go with. And in terms of preference, I started with Wisdom, right? Oh, well, Clubhouse actually, and then kind of migrated the other way, which is to Wisdom, a oh. more intimate kind of discussion. Oh, sure. And so, yeah, and of course, kind of lost touch on the Clubhouse, all their changes. That was kind of interesting. I was there every day for the first few months, right? When it's kind of like just exploding, right? Mm-hmm. And to see the changes now and then it's kind of totally different. And, you know, for the people who hang around with, you know, through the times, they got used, they built their house. I mean, they built the clubs and then they invite people to the houses, right? Which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And of course, wisdom, you're right. It is a two platform i mean two-person platform right right? and they are considering adding the third option but i think that's the max that they will go yeah um so uh, my preference right now is actually the fireside is actually very something because i'm more leaning towards um the interactive type not only the lives but also the ability of what mark and his uh, team are planning right in sure. terms of the future, like, and, you know, kind of like integrating MetaMask and all of these accesses that we will need to access blockchain. I know Elon's in Twitter, so he's developing that as well. So sure. I mean, there's going to be a glitches, of course, with new management and everything or new leader, you know, coming in. And uh, so it's going to, both of them have potential. Yes. I mean, I don't know what their focuses are going to be, but Mark, I know that he's bringing a bunch and it is live entertainment that he's bringing in it's like geared towards that behind the scene kind of thing right sure and so we're gonna see that kind of um interactions happening and i've been watching a few shows here too mm-hmm. so um you know the people that you meet is different you're right going into different platforms and sure. so on and I, so, and so, yeah, yeah. I've, I've noticed that um anyway with fireside that you seem to have a more serious listener and a more serious creator um and you know obviously there's there's the people are here because they like this type of content they don't necessarily want just a social media platform to play around on um so they're coming here for something or they're coming here to create something and as you were saying, the potential with streaming right now, with streaming uh, with Fireside to say YouTube or Twitch or any of those kind of things, and the for the other streaming services for TV now, I believe it's Roku or something like this. That's that's all on the horizon. And there's all, and for me as a production person, I really like the idea that I can separate the files, put that together, and repurpose it in a way that has high quality and. That's not a, a small consideration at all. I really like the ability to do that. I'm really anxious to find out what happens with Twitter. I believe that Twitter has a lot of potential. It had, Something had to happen to it. 
Um, a lot of people say, well, Elon's doing this and Elon's doing that. The fact of the matter is, is that that company was bleeding money and something had to change. And quite frankly, I believe that social media has to change. The whole model has always been that you have people who like to use it to interact with their friends or what have you. And since they're there, you're going to expose them to advertising. So you have a user base that is basically a target for uh, targeted advertising. And that is where you're going to make your money from. I don't know that that model, uh, which has been the basic model of social media since its inception, I don't know that that model can continue. I think now you have a user base that's much more savvy. They want more from the platforms that they are on. And to just use them as targeted advertising, I personally do not have an issue, let's say, with Elon charging something. And here again, with with anything that works really well, if you're serious about it, um, when you are a paying customer to use that product, you're not the product that's the old saying. If you're not, if you're using a product and you're not paying to use it, you are the product, right? Um, I personally like the idea of being a customer that gives you more rights in terms of the quality that you're getting back in terms of service. It gives you more rights in terms of how your content is being used. And they need that, that cash flow for the service to work. And the users are more in control of the destiny of that platform than people who are more passively using it as targets of advertising. I feel you have a much greater voice as a paying customer than you do as a passive, uh, you know, user. Your feelings on social media. Um, I know social media gets a bad rap. You know, a lot of people talk about all the negative things about it. I think it has... It's going through a changing phase right now. I th- here again, we, we're talking a lot about potential today. I feel that social media has the possibility of getting much better in, in the year or two to come. Do you feel that way or do you feel that it's just bad all the way around? I love social media. It is a tool. And yeah. was the, you know, with COVID and now also training us to use it differently as well. And I think we're starting to see more the word authenticity, right? Coming yeah. in. And so, yeah, you're right. The fireside does require production. That means you have to think about the things that you're going to put out, right? Mm-hmm. And same thing with everything else, but more so, like you said, some of them can be used like for pretty pictures and stuff like that, right? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it's really how you use the tools, right? Yes. Um, in the right person's hand or the right experts like yourselves, right? It can be a tremendous impact for the people listening and or watching it, right? So that's how I tend to look at all the social media. It's not good or bad. It's just like, okay, what is it that you want yeah. in the end? I totally agree with you. And and oftentimes, too, we get into that catch-22 of is art imitating uh, reality or is reality imitating art? And I sometimes feel when people talk about some of the bad things that happen on social media, uh, is it happening because of social media or is social media just exposing the problems that were already there? You know, when I was a blogger years ago in the early days of blogging, this was like in the early 2000s, I did a lot of blogging back then. And I was always amazed. I would go to major news sites. I would go to their websites and I would look down through the comment section, you know, where people were making comments and it was just nuts. 
Okay. It, it was just amazing to me some of the wild comments that people would put in those comment sections. Well, now those people are on social media. Okay. They, they're, they've, they've been there. Um, and they were probably there during the 80s and 90s and the 70s and everything else. Uh, they just weren't as visible. Um, so I, that's, and, but at, at the same time, has social media exacerbated that? I would probably have to say so. I think one of the worst things that social media has done is you follow what you like. And that turns into you follow the news sources that you like. You follow the commentators that reinforce what you already believe. And it's getting to the point where you not only, I don't mean you personally, but just you in general, you do not only not follow people that you disagree with, but you block them. You don't even want to hear what they have to say because they are going to challenge what you've already made up your mind about. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think it has done some harm because here again, there have been a lot of people that out there that have misplaced uh, ideas about things, but now they can coalesce. They can coalesce mm -hmm. and uh, create these bubbles for themselves. So I do believe it's a little bit of both. I do believe there have, there have always been people out there who, who lacked a certain amount of decorum, who, who lacked a certain amount of knowledge about what's happening in the world. They've always been there. But by the same token, um, social media has given them a way to collect, has given them a way to support one another. And um, here again, I, I, I don't know what can be done about that. I'm very tepid on the idea of censorship. Um, truth and absolute truth is very elusive in, in the terms of philosophy. It's very elusive. And I don't want somebody else making that determination for me. This person is more truthful than the other. Um, I don't, I, I don't want that determination made for me. I want to be able to decide that myself. But by the same token, you can have people that become dangerous. So I'm not exactly sure what the correct formula is. Um, that's something that the laws and the way we manage these uh, platforms has to catch up with the technology. But maybe that's a, a different discussion for a different day. I didn't mean to go in that direction. But um, getting back to, uh, for me anyway, using these platforms to promote the podcast and promote the content for what I do, I'm really leaning right now towards Fireside as the, the audio platform of choice. Uh, Twitter Spaces as a participant. And uh, I'm going to have to say, it, despite all of the controversy about TikTok, um, I'm going to have to start spending more attention uh, to, to TikTok. And I haven't. I've totally neglected that. You just can't do everything well. Um, but I'm probably, have you tried, Sonia, have you tried TikTok? Do you, do you, what, what's your opinion about that? I'll, I'll, I'll ask you that before we leave. I am planning on TikTok. Um, have been studying it a little bit on the contents, you know, the things that we are putting out, I am putting out, right? Mm -hmm. And I I know there's a lot of flashy stuff for sure, just like every, you know, platform that we're using, like what you said just now about, uh, you know, people coalescing and same thing, you know, because it tracks the things that you like. Put mm -hmm. more in front of you. Yes. And um so, no, I haven't, um, I, this is my next thing, right? Because I am into the three things, which is Instagram Reels, YouTube, and of course, TikTok. Those are the short forms. Mm -hmm. right? And YouTube, of course, there will be some more of the longer form of that, just the how-tos 
because that's what people are searching for. And my purpose is a little different, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the things that I want to be able to bring out to people. And so these are the main ones in terms of business on how to, you know, um, bring more people into your services and your products that you're putting out. And Facebook, of course, is catching like, now they're seeing these popularity, especially with TikTok. That's why all of these um, money is being spent around this area. So, of course, we are always looking at, you know, the trends as well as what's coming for each of the, you know, the plans for Facebook or Instagram or uh, TikTok. And YouTube will still, I think, you know, in terms of the long term, this is how you would plan. Mm-hmm. And for short term, you can try different things out. Like you don't know what's gonna go viral, right? Exactly. This is the game, um, and so um, to be able to test it out and experiment and enjoy yourself at the same time—that is the whole thing for me, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, that's that's the thing. What kind of, uh, um, in terms of um, your content and, and what you do. Um, where can people find you and what, what, what's, uh, what, what kind of, uh, content do you create and what are you passionate about? Let me ask you that. I kind of tend towards the spiritual, financial, spiritual kind of thing, right? Because yeah. my background is 20 years in the financial industry. Okay. And so now of course going, you know, going through some personal, um, situation in, in my, um, life and so it kind of moved me towards the spiritual so the people that are in the same position as me it's in a certain age bracket right Mm -hmm. and so we also talk to the people because you know of course we always look back maybe three to five years of who we were before and then how you kind of transform right um into these kind of awareness of all the things to make your life better um, more than just money but also approaching the spiritual side of things as you move into the later stage of your life, right? Yeah. Very good. That's that's fantastic stuff, Sonia. Uh, let me put you on hold just a second. Um, I have, I hope I'm saying your name right. Is it Lily? Is that how you pronounce your name? Yes, thank you. Hello, Billy. Hello, Sonia. Um, Hello. Oh, really? Really um, thoughtful and, you know, thorough um, discussion and commentary here. Um, I'm new. I'm actually new to the whole audio sphere. Yeah. So it's been quite a journey for me. Well, that's good. Well, welcome. Um, what do you like about it? Um, well, I've always um, had an interest, like when I came online, digital storytelling, mm-hmm. where for me, my interest was initially more visual. And now I'm really fascinated by the AIR. But um, I think, um, like, for me, it's, kind of how it's um like it's been good kind of to try something different yeah and you know realize this these are formats i can utilize um just i need to you know kind of focus and um where like um yeah i think that's the word yeah with my content yeah I, i think that audio gives people um a way to communicate I'm, I'm kind of like i said you know i said audio is kind of like a uh, 
like an art form in some cases. And here again, I'm not trying to overstate it. Not everything you say mm. has to have some sort of a, a magical thing. But I think that the spoken word does have a value a lot of times that transcends what a video can do. It's a much more intimate way of communicating. You know, your voice travels just an inch or two into a microphone, goes right into someone's ear. They can hear the sensitivity in your voice, uh, the way you your phrasing and, uh, you know, maybe your inflection. All of these things are very powerful tools. And um, a lot of times I feel audio doesn't get the right amount of credit. So many people will do a video, right? They'll do a, a YouTube video or something, and then they'll just strip the audio off and slap it onto a podcast. To me, that's not, that's not real audio content. That's just repurposing stuff. I feel that um, audio as a, as a primary type of medium, you know, should be approached that way. Not necessarily every single time, but you should have that in your arsenal. And two, a lot of people like the fact that um, looks are taken out of the scenario a lot of times. You know, um, you don't have to dress up. You don't have to uh, rely on any type of graphics or any type of lighting has to be perfect. Um, so you can just concentrate on your audio. And my only, my only criticism of that is people don't concentrate on audio. They, they just kind of, I, like I said, they just take it for granted that it's there. Um, so many times I work with videographers and they spend all this time on framing. They spend all this time on the background. They spend all this time on the lighting. And almost the last thing they say is, oh yeah, we got to get a mic on them. That's almost the, <laughs> you know what I mean? For me anyway, so many times it sounds counterintuitive, but what will make a video bad a lot of times is bad audio. So I just wish that when people don't want to concentrate on video, that they put that effort a little bit more into the audio, whether it's the way they speak, the way they plan their content, uh, just to jump on for the sake of hearing your own voice. And I know you're going to have a lot of that. It's just like in my early days of blogging. There were a lot of people blogging that, you know, they're all gone now. The people who were stuck with it, the cream has risen to the top. And a lot, actually, a lot of them are a lot better than people who write articles for magazines. They're fantastic podcasting went through that too. Everybody was doing it for a while and you still have a lot of podcasts out there, but for the most part, you have an audience now that's much more savvy and they demand a lot more from the podcast that they listen to. So here again, the really good ones have risen above what a lot of the broadcasters are doing. And right now, social audio is in that crowded environment. You know, everybody wants to do it. So you got everybody jumping on Twitter spaces and Clubhouse and all these other things. And you just, you know, and, and the chatter is is really, really loud. And it hasn't uh, hasn't matured yet. It, it really hasn't found a good spot. Uh, just like with me, I've been going to Twitter spaces. I mean, there's there's a home that has to be found for, for everybody in terms of what platform works best for them. And then it's going to be what is going, how is that content going to get refined? How is it going to become better than somebody else's who's where right now you just have a lot of chatter. So I think that you need to, I don't mean you personally, but us, we have to approach social audio in, in, in the way of, of being a creator, that it's going to have value. And the people who bring value to it, as you said, authenticity, somebody else mentioned that, uh, the more people that are bringing value and authenticity to their content are the people that are going to rise to the top as, as this, as this ride continues. And it's still in the very early stages. Uh, Sonia, do you have anything that you want to add to that? Yeah, I love what you said. And of course we now introduce the, um, you know, in terms of authenticity, the chat, 
ChatGPT, of course, we have to talk about, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and in terms of creating um, the content and how much more, like I say, I wouldn't say easy, much more, like in terms of accessible to uh, the things that we not necessarily. Um, you know, it might take us a while to do, but now a little faster to do things. So a little more efficiency, uh, bringing into that kind of creation. And certainly, like for me, if I'm writing a book and doing a little bit of, uh, you know, structure or plotting out some stuff, and if I have access to this tool, definitely is um, going to speed up so many things along the way. Already we are like... Uh, you know, set creator in many ways because of our experience and all of these things. But now having these tools, like everything else, right? Mm-hmm. If it can either deter you somehow or make you because you are now um, first in the creation process. Sure. And implementing this into that is an awesome, awesome way to do that. So I'm excited all around in terms of as we are, you know, doing the creator's economy type of thing, mm-hmm. right? We heard that word a lot of times now, those words. And uh, everybody is capturing on these things. So how do you, like, stand out in these forms? Yes, authenticity, and that will be the new standard, pretty much, I feel, coming up. And so you're right, the value, the genuineness, and yes, I mean, the TikTok was still there because we still need some entertainment, sure. <laughs> you know. And so if we can get a combination of those. And I love the productions that gone into Fireside and also, you know, the podcast, the traditional um, kind of maybe the ethics of it, you know, mm-hmm. those kind of things are becoming more also uh, respected, I feel. But at the same time, there is, you know, there is a separation, I feel, right? There's one that's respecting the really genuineness of things. Mm-hmm. And the others are just, you know, there's always going to be that split, right? Mm-hmm. Like the up and coming, the, you know, popularity kind of thing. Oh, sure. You know, you just have to choose which one is you, right? And Absolutely. Where you want to grow from then on because we are always growing in many ways. Until we hit that, you know, <laughs> six foot thing. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're right. We are all, always growing. Um, you know, and if you're not growing, you know, I look at some of the stuff that I did five years ago and I say, you know, man, I've been doing this for 20 or 30 years. And, you know, um, even some, something I did last year, I'll say to myself, I could have done that so much better now. You know, you always have to be growing. And um, that's something that, uh, you know, here again, if you're really serious about what you're doing, that's going to happen on its own. Lily, uh, anything that you would like to say about your 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 take on, on social audio and what you are going to do with it? Okay, well, for me, um, what's interesting with what um, your discussion with Sonia was authenticity. Yeah. And like what's been on my mind, I think... With authenticity, also the greater authenticity, I think there's greater responsibility. Um, you know, if people are sharing specific journeys yes. where, you know, initially social media for me, it was like learning the skills and, you know, with digital storytelling and more as a creative. 
where with audio, you know, it's a whole different experience. So that's just mainly something, you know, I've been trying to balance or initially kind of with social commerce, you know, more brand versus, you know, with Clubhouse, the whole issue with um, authenticity came up, you know, so I think that's just important to evaluate now more so. So um, I'm just, you know, working on storytelling and tying and everything with them. My social media finds like podcasting on TikTok is and like I haven't heard of this. Have you? I, I've just seen today some in my feed. <laughs> I don't know that podcasts uh, are being done as podcasts on TikTok. There's two there's two elements to this. One, um, obviously, podcasters can create content, and that's something I should be doing. I will sometimes uh, say funny things. I need to be doing more of that. Uh, my problem is this time because I, I, I work. And I also have my own uh, business where I, I do a lot of audio work. And then, of course, I have my podcast and all these other things. So I, I have to manage my time. I can't be on all of the things all the time. But it's come to my attention that I need to back away from some of the others and concentrate on TikTok more because TikTok now is becoming very vibrant for podcasters. Uh, they're, they're showcasing their style. They're showcasing their humor. Uh, they're showcasing a lot of other things. Of course, you can put excerpts to your podcast uh, on there as well. The other thing that you can do with TikTok is the lives. Uh, the TikTok lives, you can bring other people in just, just like you can here. Um, I don't particularly, I, I'm not necessarily enamored with that only because it, I like this so much better. I like it better because it's, it's long form. I can uh, change the aspect ratio. I can stream to other things. I can download my files separately. I can do so much with it. And because of the fact the audience that's here is basically interested in the kind of content that I'm doing. But here again, getting back to what if you're a podcaster that, let's say, does sports and, you know, you're going to get into an argument about some, with, with uh, one of your listeners about is Tom Brady overrated or is he really the goat? Now, that's not a conversation that I'm going to spend a lot of time on, but there are people who are very passionate about that. And I would imagine that type of thing would fly very well on TikTok. So, um, you know, it's here again, it's, it's just a matter of what works for you. And I like the fact that I basically have a family of people who either are consuming content or are creating content in the same vein that I am on Fireside. So as a podcaster creating podcasts, that's primarily where that's going to be. TikTok for me is going to be a promotional tool, give a, you know people a chance to see me. Not that that's a great thing, but <laughs> I'm not Brad Pitt. But I can do funny things. I can do, you know, showcase stuff, do things about microphones and equipment. People love that stuff. Um, so that's, that's a way that I can go uh, to get some interest. So anyway, uh, here again, I got a, I got one an old friend from that I've actually made here on Fireside. Stefan is here. Uh, Stefan, would be interested in what you have to say. Hey, thanks for having me. Sure, uh, I don't. I know your show is almost over, so I don't want to take up too. Hey, much you know of what? Time. That's okay. Don't worry about it. We're good. Um, I did want to comment on TikTok. Um, I've been on TikTok for a little bit for about almost a year now as mm -hmm. a podcaster. Um, and I would definitely say it is something that I think all podcasters should at least consider. Yeah. Um, and I would do research on, cause I, I, before I even posted my first video, I was doing research on, okay, how does podcasters look? 
if they're a single person versus having two people. Um, so it's not for everyone, but I will say to your last point, it is a very, very good promotional tool to at least bring people to your um, podcast, Yeah, which helped me in so many ways. So even if they weren't watching the TikTok, um, they were still like, oh, well, what's this podcast about? And it's the clicks, the listens. So it definitely pays off. Yes, I, I would agree with that. I think as a promotional tool um, for podcasting, right now TikTok is becoming uh, is, is becoming one of those shiny objects off on the horizon that you just can't ignore anymore. It's getting brighter and brighter, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it and it's evolved. You know, when I first got on it, there was just and I love the dancing. And by the way, I don't criticize it for that. You know, people always say, "Oh, that's just all that silly dance." There's people on there that are very talented. I mean, uh, they rival uh, professional performers. They are absolutely fantastic. Now, yeah, you get a lot of silly ones, but that's fun, too. There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, so but it has grown beyond that. You know, there's so many people talking about marketing. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk, if you follow him, he's, he's probably one of the reasons why I'm on it. Um, and there's so many other people that are have such uh, amazing, uh, engaging content on there. Um, and I'm really impressed with, um, I had, I've actually had some creators from TikTok on the podcast. I had a, um, an, um, a hospice nurse on the podcast that, uh, I, I, I got with her content on TikTok a, a while back and I started listening to her. I've had experience with hospice in my family, some deaths here within the last couple of years. And I was intrigued by her content, uh, but some of the misconceptions about hospice on how it's a death sentence and all this other stuff, which is not true. And it, one of the most intriguing things that uh, I, I, I've gotten into with these hospice nurses, I really don't have any religious views per se, one way or the other. Okay. My mind is completely open to any possibilities about our existence. I find it very intriguing that I have talked to a number of different hospice nurses and those end of life stages that some of those people go through, there is an amazing consistency in how they act when they cross over. And I don't know what that means. I don't know uh, if that's proof of anything, but I find it very intriguing that every single one of them has those stories. And it's easy to dismiss and say, well, those people are dying. Their brain function is falling off. So many of them have had stories where the person that's in their final stages is completely lucid. They're aware of the people that are in the room. They're aware of what time it is. They're, they're aware of it. The sunny, they can see out the window. It's sunny out. It's, it's raining, whatever. They're completely lucid. But at the same time, they're talking to somebody that isn't there. And it's so convincing that I've had some of these people tell me they kind of thought there's something wrong with me that I can't see who's there. It makes your hair stand on end. So uh, and reaching up towards the ceiling is another very common thing that a lot of these people do. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on that topic. But here again, I got introduced to that content on TikTok that I would not have found if I was somewhere else. So there's a lot of fantastic uh, creators on TikTok. Uh, don't dismiss it as a bunch of silly dancing um, because there's some absolutely fantastic uh, things going on there. Uh, Frankie, I uh, hope I have your name right. I hope I'm saying it right. Um, how are you today? Welcome to the program. 
uh, thanks for having me. Sure. Um, yeah, you pronounced it correctly, Frankie. Um, yeah, uh, for me, I got different opinions about this TikTok and mm-hmm. all this social media. I, I've actually been having this conversation, an ongoing conversation, I should say, mm-hmm. with my uh, life coach, adopted stepmother, everything I call her under the sun. Um debating about TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and all these different social media platforms. What, what are they for? What are they best suited for? Yeah. And, you know, as a, as a podcaster, you know, I've been doing this five years going on six now, holy cow. And, um, I have found, and again, it's different probably, or, you know, amongst different creators and opinions, whatever. And for me, I noticed as soon as I stopped focusing on, all the social media, like, like you had made a comment a little bit before that it's about time. You have a job, you have family, mm-hmm. you have a business. I don't have time to set up my phone all day and be posting. Um, so I, I've grown my audience in the last couple of years organically. Mm-hmm. And my, my life coach, she didn't understand what I meant. And I'm like, well, I don't bombard people with, with myself on these social media platforms. I right. use them for promotional reasons. Like you had stated, and I have found that I'm getting more followers, more, um, I'm getting more response from not being all over the place yeah. with social media. Again, that's my opinion. Fireside does a great job um, promoting us and, yeah. and working with us the way we work for, you know, with them. So I've, jeeps, I mean, it's crazy to me. I, TikTok, I can't get into it. I tried it mm-hmm. and it just wasn't for me. I couldn't, I didn't understand it. I couldn't, yeah. I'm 44 years old and pretty decent with technology. And I'm like, I, I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Instagram, I get, it's tied in with Facebook. It yeah. makes sense to me. So I guess it's a more comes down to a, it comes down to more of an opinion, more of a, uh, what, what's it going to do for me in the long run? And, and 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 for me, I think TikTok in the, in the end of the day is more like you said, promotional. And I'm gl- I'm glad you brought that up, and that's why I wanted to jump up because sure. I think it's key. As you know, podcasters, we're we're we're, we're I, I hate the words content creator. Mm-hmm. We we're just being us. We're up here yeah. doing shows. My shows, I don't plan them out 13 months in advance and do 14 <laughs> pre-show interviews with guests and, and things like that. I you know I have a history of public speaking and. I've always found it easier to have keynotes, you know, keywords, bullet mm-hmm. points. I don't have a, a template. I don't have a, a set ritual on how I do things. But again, that's me. So I have found for me, it works better just to to organically grow my crowd and uh, sure. be easy on it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, I totally get what you say about um, knowing when uh, too much is, is happening. Um from what I understand, it's very hard to saturate yourself on TikTok because if you go by the Gary V model, you're, you're posting all the time and I'm not going to do that. Um, well, but, they want you to buy followers too. And I'm like, I don't want to buy followers. Yeah. It's like buying a wife from it, uh, <laughs> China. I, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to pay to have people follow me. Uh, to me, that's that's backwards. Yeah. I want people to pay to, to, to follow me. Uh, sure. You know, meaning organically, I like this guy. I like his show. I'm going to follow him. Yes. I don't need this guy throwing videos in my face. I'm funny by default. I don't need a an app to, to tell people I'm funny. I mean, you come into my town and throw my name against the wall, people will be like, huh, we know him. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've organically 
set my foundation. So I just, I agreed with you on the promotional thing. That was a great point. Thanks for having me up. I appreciate it. Man. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for your comments. And I would say too, that um, advertising is not a dirty word. I have done that as a podcaster. Uh, advertising, and the only reason I'm mentioning it is because I've had people conflate that with buying followers. They think, well, I'm not going to advertise. That's not real. There's nothing wrong with getting your your content, as they say, your subject matter in front of people who might be interested in it. That's not the same as buying followers. That could be anything. They could be bots. They could be whatever. There's nothing wrong with getting your name out in front of people who might be interested in what you're doing any way you can. And whether you're doing that by cultivating uh, content on social media or whether you're doing it by, uh, you know, I, I did the, uh, I was one of those people that produced a, a, one of those 30 second commercials that you hear before your podcast starts. <laughs> one of those annoying ads. I produced one of those and uh, it actually worked. It actually worked. So uh, I'll, I'll probably be doing it again, although it wasn't cheap. Um, I just got some, uh, 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 people in the room here. Sherry, Sherry is a good friend and she's from Twitter spaces. Sherry, what's going on? Hi, Billy. Hi. I've done two concerts on Fireside you did? so far. Oh. Yeah. And it was pushing out to YouTube. I haven't managed to work out how to do it and push the <laughs> live stream to Facebook because, um, yeah, I couldn't even get past the sitting up part. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, it's been fun. But the last one kind of crashed. <laughs> uh, are you talking about Fireside did? Yeah, for some reason. I think it could be because I was trying to run it on both Riverside and Fireside. At the same time, oh. maybe Riverside was stealing all the bandwidth, but I did not realize at the time. I just thought, well, this is very slow. I, I couldn't even shut up the um, wait pot bot. And it took like at least a minute. And <laughs> <laughs> so my concert was half an hour late because I was having te- uh, technical difficulties. Yeah. And, um, and then Twitter space also rocked on me. So it was like, wow, uh, it's very hard. For those that uh, may, may not know you, just uh, let me tell everyone, you are a fantastic musician. Um, w- would you say your your genre is, is, is classical? That's probably the best way to put it, right? Yeah, mostly. I'm classically trained. I'm a concert pianist and cellist, but um, I'm also a poet. So I always read poems during my concerts. But um yeah, I have been experimenting with different social audio um, platforms and quite recently moving to the video as well. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> it's a lot more complicated. You have to think about lighting. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. What yeah. to wear. What to wear. All the presentation. Mm-hmm. All that good stuff. Well, I tell you what, uh, I, your musicianship is absolutely fantastic. And and Fireside, is, is, is that kind of something that's... Uh, working for you pretty well, that's something that you're, you really feel comfortable staying with? I think so, but I actually have a subscription to Riverside, so I couldn't quite decide how, how I'm going to do both. Yeah, um, R- Riverside is a good uh, production tool that you can facilitate on other things. Um, obviously, Fireside is a kind of its own platform with its own audience. Um, have you found that Fireside, uh, there's an audience for music and, and uh, on, on, on Fireside? Have you found that? Because that's not something I've heard a whole lot about yet. I don't know for sure, but somebody who's actually on Fireside, maybe one of the 
Uh, I don't know. I'm somebody who's actually on the team creating Parasite, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, she told me I, I might be the only classical pianist. On yes. Parasite, so. Yeah, well, one advantage, I don't know a whole lot about um, uh, copyright law when it comes to music. I know that got like Beethoven and, and Mozart and so on. Um, I don't know that those are necessarily owned, but you have to watch with contemporary music being played on here because that's copywritten. And uh, that's some that's that's the only thing that I can think of that holds musicians back from doing things on social audio is the fact that the copyright could be an issue. Now, I with the only, I would say this exception here again. I'm not a, I'm not a copyright attorney. Please double check me on this if this is an issue for you. But like, let's say, for example, the 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 London Symphony Orchestra does Mozart. That recording, that particular one done by the London Symphony Orchestra could be copyrighted. Uh, so it can get kind of sticky. How, has that been an issue for you? How you have you uh, what's your experience with that or has that happened with you at all? Yeah, actually on YouTube, I think some of my live performances were flagged and it was just like a, a mild warning, maybe infringing copyright. But sometimes I, I suppose if you play well enough, you sound like a good player. Even my performance with my my son at his competition uh-huh. <laughs> receives such a thing. I, I mean, totally, we were playing um, a sonata, clarinet sonata by same song, which is like, I don't think it's still copyrighted. It was written such a long time ago, the it, 1800s. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I'm not exactly sure how yeah. that works, but yeah, um, uh, it's one thing to have a classical recording that was pre, you know, when when intellectual property was was guarded, but a a, a recording of that, a contemporary recording of that, or an arrangement of that. That, that's a little bit more sticky. So that's interesting. But anyway, I wish you nothing but great success, Sherry. You're awesome. Um, before I round things out, I would just want to give uh, Stefan a chance to uh, uh, say any closing words, anything you want to uh, uh, wrap things up about. Has, has something grabbed your attention you want to comment on before we leave? Um, no, I'm good. This has been a really amazing conversation, something I've been wanting someone to talk about. Oh, great. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, that's great to hear. I always love feedback like that. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, again, uh, I do want to thank everyone, uh, even if if you've just chosen to listen. Every single one of you has uh, a very important role in the collective energy of, of a, a conversation like this, even if you're just listening. So I, I appreciate all of you so much. Um, as far as where you can find me on social media, very easy to find. Uh, I don't have any variations on my name. It's just Billy D's or the Billy D's podcast, one or the other. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Billy D's. You can follow me there. And, um, you know, I do have in my link tree, which it's again is, is just Billy D's. Uh, there's a contact form in there. If you want to uh, uh, message me or whatever about any show ideas or any comments that you may have, please feel free to do that. Um, I want to thank everyone uh, for coming forward. Uh, Sherry, you're still in the space. Do you have any closing uh, comments before we go? Sure. I love today's topic. Although my phone did overheat, so I had to go out for a little while and then come back. And uh, yeah, it's really important, all these issues that you're addressing. And I hope more people come to concerts. I mean, I, I love sharing good music and good poetry. The next one's going to be uh, just before Valentine's Day. So I hope I, I will try and do it on Fireside as well. 
and oh. see and, and invite, yeah, invite all of you. I suppose I'll follow all of you too. Fantastic. Sherry, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're so delightful in terms of your personality and your, your talent. Uh, I so enjoy having you and, and running into you on, on Twitter spaces and other things. Thank all of you so much uh, for stepping in. I, I hope I didn't run too long, um, but I had so many people that wanted to come up and wanted to talk. Everybody has such fantastic things to say. Thank you so much. My name is Billy Dees. And um, again, feel free to tweet me if you're, on, if you're on Twitter. Have an awesome weekend and stay safe. Thank you very much. of the self-titled podcast, The Billy D's Podcast. We are primarily an interview and a commentary-based podcast featuring authors and creators talking about their craft, advocates for community issues, and myself and an array of co-hosts discussing current events. There's no partisan ranting and raving going on here, just great content. You can find The Billy D's Podcast on your favorite platform and on Twitter at Billy D's. Thank you, and I hope you listen in.